0: My desire is always that you know, as Peter says several times within his two letters, uh, we need to live in these last days uh, with the intent toward the world that what God is doing in us is for the good of this world, and He He's raised us up to be uh, a demonstration. Um, a voice and even as we talk about things that they ridicule it's going to happen it's going to happen they can laugh at it they can try to put it aside all they want to i it's got to be as the scripture says somewhat like the days of noah when they just went on with their life and yet the flood was coming so, let's look at this, uh, we're going to start in chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, and uh, we'll be starting verse 11, and hopefully you've got uh, enough of your notes. I've got a lot of scriptures in your notes today, uh, just because there are a lot of things that we want to back up with what the Word of God says, um, not what we think or feel. So, Revelation 20, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne. We've read this passage several weeks now. And him who was seated on it, and from his presence earth and sky fled away. No place was found for them. And I saw the dead. This is where we're going to focus on. I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were open. Circle the S in books books were opened. Then another book, notice that there's no S after this, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, circle the S, according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one, according to what they had done the phrase had done in the Greek language is their works according to their works so then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire this is the second death the lake of fire and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire so they were taken out of Hades right? raised raised up to stand before the throne Hades was empty I guess except for angels and demons that would have been there and thrown into the lake of fire and then all of the dead were thrown into the lake of fire all of these who are raised up here are thrown into the lake of fire doesn't say anything about any of them receiving life they're all dead when they were raised And they're dead when it's over this is the second death all right we could also refer to it as the second resurrection the first resurrection is our resurrection faith in Jesus Christ and so we were raised to life when we believed in Jesus Christ we died with him and raised to life with him and seated with him in heaven so that's accomplished So when it comes to this scene here at the Great White Throne, we're just spectators. We're not part of the dead. We are the living. We're alive forever in Jesus Christ. And we'll back that up with some other passages as we go. But then people say, well, what happens to the believers? Uh, Doesn't the Bible say they're going to be judged? Well, yes, there's a judgment for believers but it's different and let's see why all right so this confusion is over this issue a lot of a lot of christians still believe that they're going to have to be evaluated here and their works are going to be judged and according to whether you've done good or bad you know when i was growing up as a child and i was part of the lutheran church i i believed that there was this this promise in the book of revelation but my my whole thing was you know i'm doing a lot of bad in my life right now but later on i'll start doing some good and ultimately my good will outweigh my bad and so we get the idea of god weighing out good versus bad and if you got more good than you got bad then you get into heaven doesn't say that it doesn't say that anywhere you know where that comes from One of the oldest religions in the world the egyptian religion where your good was weighed against a feather and so all the good that you did in service to the gods was weighed against the weight of a feather and so you know you had to you had to be good So, this confusion is only answered by looking at scripture. All right, so the great white throne, I put this statement down there, believers will face the bama seat, reward bench, which we'll talk about after we talk about the great white throne. I want to talk about judgment first and then rewards. I just thought that was a better way to go. All right, so uh, at the great white throne there is only death. They're dead when they're raised, and they're dead when it's over. There's only death. No believers will face this judgment. At the Bema Seat of Christ, there is only reward. Only believers will face this judgment. Because the Bema Seat is a judgment, but we'll talk about it uh, as, as we come to that section. All right? So, the great white throne, the place of fearful judgment. And again, like I said, you've got to pay attention to the singular and plural in these words. And it is, if you want to know, you can check it out if you have a Greek interlinear, or you read Greek, um, you can check it out. And it is in the Greek language, plural versus a singular book of life. Another book, So the first thing he says, all the dead, small and great, there's no one that's going to be eliminated from this. The only ones who aren't in this judgment are those who are already in heaven. And how are Old Testament believers in heaven? How did they get to heaven? Old Testament believers, by believing in what? In the Messiah, in the hope of God. Of a Messiah, a substitute. They believe there was going to be a substitute. The sacrifice is just to remind me that there's somebody's got to die for me, and that somebody is the promised seed that God gave the word to Eve, and that promised seed will defeat. And in Him, I will have eternal life. My kinsman, my Redeemer. He's the one who is the hope of their nation. And so there's many different ways that the Messiah is referred to in the Old Testament, but faith in that Messiah, not not faith in the law, not keeping the law, because you couldn't keep enough of the law. You can't keep 613 commandments. You can't keep them. And a third of those commandments have to do with sacrifices. So, if you're not burning sacrifices, (laughs) you're still going to fail because no one can come to salvation, righteousness through the law. And we'll see that established here in just a second. All the dead, small and great, doesn't matter how good you were, how important you were. What kind of authority you had in life? Whether you were well known or little known, whether you were short or tall, small or great. Um, I don't know what, but no one is eliminated from this. Small and great were brought before him. And books were opened. I don't know much what that would be like. You know, we're going to observe it, but what if you're what if you're in that arena? We won't be. Suppose you were in the place of one of those people down there. How many books do you think there are? Oh, my goodness. Do you ever see pictures of, like, the Library of Congress? Did you see pictures of these huge libraries? I got a picture that it's some library in Spain. Um, again, someplace I'd like to visit if I ever got to Spain. I, I mean, this, the picture of this, it's, all, it's a circular library, and it is stacked with these books and you've got these different ladders to different balconies to get all those books. It's not going to come close to this because the books of my works would fill up an awful lot of it, but anyway. All the works, all your works listed there the dead were judged by the books but see there was another book that was opened so here's all these books the dead are standing there with all these books and then somewhere in the scene another book is opened books a book this is the book of life And the dead were judged by what was written in the books. They didn't even get to the book of life. Because the book of life is only for believers. Old Testament, through faith in the Messiah. New Testament, faith in Jesus Christ. During the tribulation, faith in the Messiah. If they were Jewish, faith in Jesus Christ for the Gentiles. Same person by the way just make sure i cleared that up in your minds i know you all know that but notice what it says they're judged according to what was written in the books and here's the thing according to what they had done the word according in the greek language is just a small word kata k-a-t-a and it means under the weight of or under the the um, approval of according to or under the authority of their works. Now it says here what they had done, but the Greek just simply says the works of them. And so this this works, they're not judged by the book of life, but by the book of works according to what they had done or their works. Galatians 2.16, bottom of your page, says we know that a person is not justified. We know. So Paul writes that to the Galatians as if, and he's got trouble with them anyway, but he says we know. We're supposed to know this. Every Christian should know this. Every believer should know this. We know that we are not justified by our works not works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. So because that's how we're going to be judged, this is what we do. We're going to believe in Jesus Christ. That's where our judgment rests. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? That is the one single thing nothing else will send you to hell except believing in jesus christ or not believing in jesus christ that is the defining issue yeah but i did it we'll we'll look at the verse yeah but what we'll look at that doesn't matter what else does it say and not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified So he's pretty much said it three different times in that one verse. He says it again one more time in the next verse. So all this judgment, they didn't even get to the book of life because they're not there. All right, let's go on top of your next page, verse 13. Revelation 20, 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades, hell, what I refer to Hades as the waiting room for the lake of fire. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done or according to their works, under the authority of, under the weight of what they had done. All the dead, were judged. The sea. You think, yeah, but these people lost in the sea, how's how's God going to find them? God knows. I thought about this, and Jan asked me the question about it. It's about the dead receiving a kind of resurrection body. But just like our resurrection body will be fit for us to experience the new heaven and the new earth, which starts in the next chapter. The reason God gives us this new body is so that we can can tangibly with a body that has been glorified, recreated to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, made to be like Him, conformed to His image, so that we can experience eternal heaven and the glory of God, and a new earth. Fit to live on a new earth that is not subject to the physics of the world that we live in. We get a new body. On the other hand, the dead, you know what? They get a new body too. But their body is fit to endure eternal hell, so that their body will never be consumed, their body will never pass away, their body will never come to an end, eternal torment. And the torment goes on, the scripture says, forever and ever. So if you didn't get forever, add and ever to it. Their torment goes on. So they need some kind of a body, and God raises them up, gives bodies to those in the sea, gives bodies to those who have been brought up out of, out of Hades. And again, they're judged what? According to what was in them. Now, he moves on from there, and if there, anyone's name was not found, written in the book of life. Their name's in the book of works. No question about that, volumes of individual lives in the book of works. But if their name was not found, whew, Jesus didn't find my name in the book of works, whew, hallelujah. No, has nothing to do with that. God's not going to look for your name in the book of works. Why? Because your name is where? Written in the book of life. You've been written in the book of life. Inclusion in this book of life is the deciding factor. Are you in this book? How do you get in the book? Through believing in Jesus Christ, believing in the Messiah. Your name is written in the book. And then it's not just written, the promise is made that it will never at any time come under the possibility of being blotted out. That's what it says. Never come to the possibility. It's not, well, it might be, hope I don't get blotted out. You might get blotted out. No, if it's written in there, there is no possibility that it will ever be blotted out. That's the promise that Jesus makes. And then not only that, what else? You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who's been given to you for how long? And he shall abide with you for how long? Forever. Forever. Okay, if the Holy Spirit is abiding forever in the life of a believer, only in believers, and He's there forever, and He is the seal by which your name is in the book of life, is there any possibility that you would not be there? None. Because the Holy Spirit has been given for how long? Not to you commit a certain sin. Not to you do this. Not in case you whatever... No, there's no in case. There's no hypothetical. It's your name is in the book forever. Sealed by the Holy Spirit who is in you forever. Praise God. That's all good news. So if anyone's name was not written, how many of those people that have been raised at the great white throne, how many of those people's name is not in the book of life? All All of them. There's none of them. Otherwise, what? They wouldn't be there. (laughs) They'd be in heaven with us. They're not there. So if their name was not there, they are what? Thrown into the lake of fire. No one escapes. No one escapes. No one is justified. Nobody in all of the works that they've done and all the things that they point out, if there's even an option for you to to you know, present your case before the Lord, which I'm not believing that there is, doesn't say, but, but then we've got this passage in Matthew 7 I want to look at here in just a second. No one is justified, no one is found innocent. <coughs> Now there's a couple of verses that I forgot to write in here. I want you to look at. Um, let's go first to Matthew chapter seven, and verse twenty-one. Matthew seven twenty-one. And in this this passage is, you know, we we are familiar with this, but this fits into this case situation. Jesus makes a statement, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, I thought if I believed. No, he didn't say believed. He said, says to me. It's easy to say, Jesus is Lord, which is why I don't believe doing that on the streets when I'm witnessing to people. Just say, Jesus is Lord, and you're saved. No, they're not. Anybody can say that. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the will of my Father? Is that the law? No. What's the will of the Father? That you believe in the only begotten Son. That's the will of the Father. If you don't do the will of the Father, you won't have an option. The only ones who are in the kingdom of heaven are those who do the will of the Father. That is, believing in the only true Son of God, Jesus Christ. And on that day, many will say, Many are going to come. Lord, oh Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works? And didn't, didn't we do some of this stuff? Yes, yeah, so did the seven sons of Sceva. But they weren't believers. They offered their works. That's exactly what they did. They tried to defend themselves with their works. See, we only think of works as, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't lie. I always told the truth. I didn't commit murder. I always loved people. But no, their works came down to these things. I prophesied. I I cast out demons. I I did miracles. Mighty works in your name. I did all these things. Listen to Jesus' response. And then I will declare to them, oh, this this is the exact words of Jesus. Don't don't say, well, some theologian might say this. No, this is not a theologian. This is not one of the apostles writing this, though they wrote truthfully also. This is Jesus himself declaring to them, I what? Never, never knew you. And that word never knew you, and again in the Greek is one of those <clears throat> I, never come into the situation where I knew you. Never. There was there was never a relationship. You knew my name. You knew some of the words that I had given. You knew some of the commands that I had told. You know the stories. But I never knew you. Never knew you. It's not your works didn't come mat up. It's not you didn't have enough. It's not, yeah, but you failed in this thing. Well, yeah, you did for a while, but then you quit. No, there's none of that. None of that comes up. I never knew you. Not I started and I forgot you. Not you were written in the book of life, but your name got blotted out. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I, I spilled a drink, you know, and it, some of the ink erased or something, you know. No, there's nothing. It's, it's I never knew you. Depart from me workers workers of lawlessness whatever they did saying it was in Jesus name only added to their sin did nothing for God one last passage go to John chapter 5 we've read this verse but we'll go back to it John chapter 5 Again, the words of Jesus. I'm going to start in verse 19, John 5, verse 19. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. So God was doing things through Jesus so people could walk around with their mouth hanging open. What? How? The people were supposed to marvel at what the Son was doing. Father, As the Father raises the dead and gives them life, that's going to be us. So also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. That's why we talked about. Though the Godhead is present at this great white throne, it is the Son who is the um, judge-executioner. The Father does not honor Uh, all that the son will see the father judges no one but has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son just as they honor the father whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father if we don't accept his only begotten son as savior we are not honoring the father truly I say to you verse 24 whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life he He, the one who believes, he does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. He does not come into what? Judgment. You're not there. You're not at the white throne. Truly I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. What's this? The dead in sin the dead in their sin. You were dead in your sin and you heard the voice and you believed. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to resurrection of life what do you have to do to do good what is doing good believing in the only true son of god and those who have done evil which is what not believing and if you don't believe then all your works get judged those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment all right so that's the white throne judgment Who lives? No one. No one. Because they're judged according to the books of works. But the book of life, that's us. Okay, so now what about the people who are in the book of life? This is where we come to the reward bench, or it's called in the the scriptures called the bema, B-E-M-A, long E. -E B-E-M-A, bema. The bema in Greek culture the bema was a platform it was just somewhere in the middle of town usually somewhere close to the governmental um, assembly sometimes right in front and it was a, a tiered platform so that there could be different levels on on the tiers and those who had done great civil service could sometimes be brought to the bema, and they would be given a wreath, an olive or laurel wreath, something like that was placed upon their head. Um, maybe you had done something incredibly uh, good in, the, in military service to honor. Um, sometimes it was after death. People were honored even after their death, and there there was something there, maybe a plaque or maybe their clothing was put there, and the wreath was laid on top of that to honor even those who had done good and, and died in service to the country. And so there was an honor given. It's a, a reward. You could be brought there uh, for uh, athletic competition, and we still have that, the Olympics. They have the tiered steps. Uh, The other day I was watching Formula One racing and they have the same thing and the the drivers get up there and in their positions and there's the top level and then the next steps down. And so there is the gold, silver, and bronze, well in the Greek Olympics there was gold and nothing else. There was no second place, there was no third place, you either won or you lost, which is still. But Still true. Yeah. You, you won or you lost. You know, second place is just the first loser. Right. <laughs> so, you know, but everybody got a participation award. <laughs> Even those who watched, no. All right, so this Bema was the place where good was evaluated. Now, you could be brought to the Bema, and have rewards removed that you were supposed to have done something in civil service or in military service and you did not. And so your reward could be removed at the Bema. Uh, Maybe you had won your Olympic event but then they found out that you had cheated, you had not fulfilled all the rules, you had not done all the things you were supposed to do and so you were stripped of the glory. Another word for glory in the New Testament is the word honor, the honor that goes with it. You can win your Olympic event, but if you did something to be disqualified, you are dishonored, right? And so that could happen, and so things that you were supposed to have done, you did not, and so something could be taken away, but no one was executed. This was not a place of of judgment in um, civil or criminal issues. It was just a place to reward service. To reward, (laughs) here's the word, participation, right? What have you done? As a citizen, what have you done? You were raised up to be a a counselor or a senator, and, and you've done nothing for your people. All you've done is enriched yourself. Well, we're going to take that away. Your life is spared. There's no question. You're still a citizen. None of those things are lost, but your rewards. Am I getting that? Your rewards are lost. So, go with me. Then, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul writes... So whether we are at home or away, he's talking about in this body or out of this body, whether home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Now, once we have died and been resurrected, I may think our only aim will be to please him. <laughs> that's that's what we'll be doing. But in this life, is that our aim to please him? I'm not asking you to incriminate your neighbor. Um, that should be our aim to please him and if you thought about that before every time you opened your mouth or did something or got out of bed in the morning you know whatever my only aim today is to please him it would it would have a big difference in our life but we don't think that way but we make it our aim to please him let's now I'm going to continue with verse 10 in just a minute but let's read some innocent sense, Filling verses, verses that fill up some of this. Now, these are long passages, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time in them, uh, but Philippians chapter 1, verse 18, Paul writes, And yes, I will rejoice, verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed Ashamed, where? At the Bema. That I'm not going to lose reward. That what I did counted. Instead of God gave me something to do and I did not. It's getting really quiet in here. But that I will not at all be ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death for to me and you should read it that way with a pause after the word to me for to me <laughs> in other words this is my decision don't read it for to live is christ and to die is gain that's not what it says to me to live is christ in other words i've made that determination to live is christ I don't know where everybody else is. But to me, Paul says, to live is Christ. And to die is gain, reward, step up. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. In other words, if I'm going to live here, then I'm going to labor. And it's going to be productive, fruitful labor. Yet, what shall I choose? I cannot tell. Am I pressed between the two? My desire is to depart and be with Christ. (laughs) That's far better. That is what? Far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. In other words, for me to stay here is for you. Because the longer I stay here, the more I'm going to do in fruitful labor for him, but in your life. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. In other words, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stay here because of you. It's for your good, and I'm going to believe that God is going to use me for your good. Other than that, I'd be happy to be out of here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, Paul prays this for the Colossian church and believers, And so from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. which want you to be filled with the knowledge of his will. You can't do his will if you don't know his will. So, look at verse 10, So as to be, so as to walk in a manner worthy. If you don't know the knowledge of his will, you can't walk in a manner worthy. So we need to know the have the knowledge of God's will. What does God want for you to do? Not what does he want for me to do. What does he want for you to do? What does he want out of your life? To walk in the knowledge of his will, fully pleasing to him. That's how we please him, walking in his will, bearing fruit in every good work. That's what we want to do, because if we're walking in His perfect will, we'll be walking in good works and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we continue to grow. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. And so we'll have the strength and the power we need to fulfill His work. With endurance and patience, with joy. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in life. God has given you this glorious privilege if we know his will then we can walk in this way being fruitful fulfilling his purposes doing as paul said to me to live as christ that's what it means That christ be honored christ be honored in all that i do so that i am walking in the fullness of his will Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1, top of page 3. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. How you ought to walk and to please God. But, you know, if you haven't read the letter, you don't know. If you don't read the books, you don't know. Too many believers know verses, but they don't know books. One of my things that I've given myself to is I read through a letter of the New Testament. I read them as a book. I don't stop to study. In my devotion time, I take a book and I read it to the end. Most of them I can read in a morning. Colossians takes maybe 30 minutes at the most Philippians, Ephesians eh, 30-45 minutes depending how you read Hmm. not with your mind numb but reading the words because I don't want to just know verses so many believers we know verses but we don't know books Paul didn't write verses he wrote books and if you want to get more information, find somebody who teaches on the books. Pastor Bob's right here. You can order his books anytime you want. But I can't please God if I don't know what's in his word. So I've got to study his word. Now, concerning the rest, <clears throat> the rest of chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, so he said, we ought, Our aim is to please the Lord. For we must all, every say all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That word judgment is the word bema. The bema of Christ. That reward bench, that each may receive what is due. For what he has done in his body, as long as I've been in his body, because once I'm out of this body, then it's done. There's no works in heaven. I know that there are Christian faiths that believe that the saints in heaven are doing things and we can ask the saints to do things for us and saints are carrying messages for us and doing. No, they're not. It's only what you've done in this life, in this body, that matters. that we might receive in our body whether what don't Paul stop right there just what he's done in his body and why did you have to finish this sentence whether good or evil wait a minute I'm a believer I can't do evil really really Seriously? can I ask your spouse <laughs> can I ask your kids yeah okay right don't do evil yeah we can psalm 62 verse 11 kind of goes along with this once god has spoken twice before i've heard this power belongs to god god is sovereign <laughs> right there it is god is our power belongs to him and that to you O lord belongs steadfast love that's an important word that's why i highlighted in your notes steadfast love for you will render to a man according to his work. See, God is going to give us according to our work, but notice who the work here is referring to. Those who belong to his steadfast love. Steadfast love is covenant love. It's the Hebrew phrase for the covenantal relationship which people have, covenant love. And so this covenant love then belongs to believers. And believers... Are going to be rewarded according to their works old testament and new Testament both say the same thing philippians chapter 2 paul writes holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of christ now see the dead are judged at the great white throne which is at the end of the millennium but The believers are judged, when? So that in the day of Christ, the day of Christ is the day of the rapture. See, there's the day of the Lord, which is the second coming. But there's the day of Christ, which is the rapture. So that at the day of Christ, I may be confident that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, that my works counted. That what i did was for good that i did not run in vain i didn't run with empty purpose when i ran the quarter mile when i was able to do that when i ran that i ran with purpose you have to you don't just kind of get out there and lazily run around you're not going to win any reward you got to run with purpose now when they put me on the cross-country team Yeah, I ran without any, I didn't care if I finished or not. If there was a way to cut the course, I'd cut the course. (laughs) I hated, I hated the marathon, I hated it. Love people who run the marathon. Again, thank you very much. That's, ugh. All right. That I may be confident that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Our labor will be complete at the time of either the death or rapture. Our rewards will be recognized based on what we have done in this life. Right here. Philippians 1, 6. I am sure of this, that the one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. See, the the ability to work, the ability to do what God has called me to do comes from the (laughs) fact that God gives me that ability. And he that began a good work in me We'll bring it to completion. Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, the Greek word poeme. poem, uh, a, a, a work of art. That's what poem is. It's, it's a work of art. Do you know you're a work of art? You're God's poem. You're work, singular work of art. Created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But if I don't know his will, I can't walk in his, his purposes, his plans for me. So I'll be walking, doing stuff, but that's not his stuff. And that's going to be a reward, but it's not what I'm going to like. Philippians 2, verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now... Not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Folks, that's a verse in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. Work out your own salvation. The Greek word work out means carry it to its goal. Carry it all the way to the goal. Don't carry it part way. Work out. In other words, God put salvation in me. Wholeness, that's what the Greek word really means, wholeness, healing, deliverance, ability. God put all of that in me. I've got to do what? Bring it to the outside so I can carry it to its goal. Work out from within all the way to the end. So he says, work out your own salvation, for it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. See, that's, that's in me. But I've got to listen. I've got to follow. I've got to hear. I've got to know what it is that God wants me to do. I don't just go out and do what I want. Listen to the words of Jesus. Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. Revelation 2, verse 9. Revelation 2, verse 13. Chap- Revelation 11, verse Uh, verse 13 and verse 11 Revelation chapter 3 verse 1, Revelation 3 verse 8 and Revelation 3 verse 15 seven times Jesus said I know your works first the word know is the Greek word oida and oida means perfect knowledge, absolute knowledge I know you're here how do I know you're here I can see you (laughs) you present so oida is perfect knowledge has nothing to do with learning has nothing to do with experience it has everything to do with the perception of what is there oida perfect knowledge I know the word works We'll, we'll take this to John's definition in John 14 verse 12 where he quotes Jesus So this is Jesus definition, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Consistently in John's writing in the Gospel, in his first, second, and third letters, and in the book of Revelation, works have to do with what you have done with the Spirit that God has given you. What have you done with the Holy Spirit? god gave you the spirit to do works what are you doing with it and that is on what you will be rewarded first corinthians chapter three if anyone builds on the foundation the foundation of your life the foundation of your salvation if anyone builds on that salvation with gold silver and precious stone in other words your salvation is the foundation and the foundation is never going to come into question What's going to come into question is what you built. What did you build upon the salvation that God has given you? What have you done with the Spirit that God has given? What have you done with His purposes and His plans for your life? You can build with gold, silver, and precious stones. How many think that's good? Yeah, that's all good. Or you can build with wood, hay, and stubble. Well, you can live in, most of our houses are made out of wood, right? I mean, wood's okay. You can build with wood. I'm not sure I'd want it in a house built with hay. You know, and definitely not straw because then it's just been robbed of all the strength that's in it. So, wood, hay, and straw. Each one's work will become manifest for the day. What day? Not the great white throne, the day of Christ where everything will be made manifest in believer's life. So at the rapture begins the Bema, where Christ begins to evaluate. I don't know if it takes place for the seven years or it takes place in an instant. I have no idea. All I know is it's it started at the day of Christ. The day will disclose it because it will be revealed by what? Fire. Okay, so I built with wood But it's going to be judged by fire. Okay, that's not good. I built with gold. That's okay, because all fire will do is purify that. Silver, the stones. Nothing happens to them. The fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Verse 14, if your work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, if it gets through the fire, you'll receive a reward. On that reward bench, your work, because it was gold, silver, or precious stone, will be rewarded. Don't ask me to qualify what's gold, what's silver, what's precious stone. He means all of them to be of the same benefit. right? They're good. However, verse 15, if anyone's work is burned up, why? Why is it burned up? Because it was wood, hay, or stubble. You did things but they weren't his things. You did things with the wrong motive. So you gave thousands of dollars in the offering, but it was to get attention so that you could be the chief giver in the church and tell the pastor what he needs to do. You <laughs> say, so people don't do that. Uh, <laughs> ask anyone who's been a pastor. Yeah, they do. And you, you do this thing. You do this to get people's attention. You did it so that people would praise you. That's wood, hay, and straw. But if you give even a penny in his name out of your heart, that's gold, silver, and precious stone. It's up to us. Though he, what's it say? He himself will be saved, but only as through fire. He'll get there, but his rewards have been what? stripped it's like that athlete who's disqualified doesn't change the fact that he ran all right now i don't have time to go through the rest of what i put on their chapter or page four good works versus good works there's two kinds of good works good works versus good works and then the section on believers crowns um, i gave you lots of scriptures in there you can kind of study through those I'll make some mention of these uh, at the beginning of our next session, but pretty much that's the conclusion of our 80 hours of teaching, right? Through chapter 20. And in our next session, we will start with the new heaven and the new earth. And uh, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through those two chapters. It's just a few verses. But it is, it, it is eternal. I'm just saying, you know. Just saying. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the promise. We will not come into judgment. For we who have believed in your name have passed from death to life. But we are surrounded by people who will face death. Father help us to not all not only have the passion but have the words to speak to them that will somehow just begin to make an opening in their life that they might receive the gospel and believe in the only true Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father for your word. thank you for the encouragement it gives us thank you for the promises father you you put all this together so masterfully in your word you have given us every encouragement every comfort every challenge that we might know and understand the fullness of your plan for us father as i pray for these here that we might be open come to the knowledge of your will in our life, in every circumstance, in every situation that you be praised we thank you for it Father in Jesus name, Amen